0: Gates of Orchid and Iris is brought to you by listeners like you. Thank you.
1: Remember to like, share, comment, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Hello, this is Gates of Orchid and Iris. I am the GM, Paul. And who is playing
2: tonight? This is Sebastian Seabass, and I'm playing Ikoma Chusei. This is Gatch Righteous, and I'm playing Kaio Suko. This is Ludo, and I'll be playing Matsu Erika.
3: This is Rachel, and I am playing Kuni Suiko.
2: I'm Mason, I'm playing Shishiro Saika.
3: I'm Kay, and I will be playing various NPCs today.
1: It's a dark night in early tiger. It's winter time. It's late winter, so it's dark early. But it's very early in the morning. A light snow has covered the ground. And we see or maybe we barely see a figure in the dark. So when you're out this early in the morning, what do you look like, Ikoma Chusei?
2: So if Chusei's out this early in the morning, uh, you know, usually he's not just running his morning chores for um, Matsu, uh, Lady Matsu. Hanako, but rather, he's up to no good. <laughs> he's uh, pursuing something personal. He's looking for information. Maybe he's going to beat somebody. Um, but as far as what he's wearing at this time of day, what he looks like, with the light snow, he doesn't want to wear black. He wants to wear something that's like a muted um, gray, I would say. Muted gray, Hakamoto, something that's not going to stand out like his usual court wear. Mm-hmm.
1: And you are in the merchant district near a, well, let's just call it a parking lot where if people bring palaquins, um, they usually park them here. And then they take a ferry to Teardropper Island, which is the red, li- red light district in Ryoko or Wari it's um a fairly popular spot especially when people are trying to find warm companions during the cold winter and um a particular magistrate uh the emerald current emerald magistrate or at least he was until this point ashidaka he something's happened and the only reason we can see your silhouette because of the color coloring of your clothing and the light snow blending in is that there is a bright light a little off in the distance behind you you just witnessed something horrible. And that blue flame, or the blue light that is behind you, has to do with it. How is your character feeling right now? How is What's, what's going on through Ikoma Chuse's head?
2: So like any other Ikoma that anybody would know, uh, Chuse has a hard time keeping his true feelings off of his face so to say especially in this moment you can see a look of surprise and shock and awe and what might not be so apparent if you didn't know chisei uh, personally is that he feels uh utterly mortified he feels like things have totally spun in his head this is not what he expected when he came to ryoko awari and uh, what was just a simple rendezvous meeting with somebody pretending to be a customer has now turned into something nightmarish. Something you wouldn't have fathomed.
0: and are you trying to like still keep a low cover
1: or or at this is it like just a panicked run at this this point?
2: So at first, it was Deer in headlights. He wasn't sure what to make of it, but after um, you said there was a blue flame around, uh, yeah, Chusei does not mess with anything supernatural. He doesn't know anything about it, so he's going to book it.
1: So you start booking it. It's sounds like a panicked run, so you don't know which direction you're going, but you can hear after a while the familiar alarm bells go off for the city guard. And then after you go quite a distance and probably finally make it back to the noble quarter where the lying compound and Matsu, um, Matsu Hanako lives you finally hear the alarm to go off throughout the city. It's, it's kind of like the fire alarm. Um, but specifically it's, it's, um, well, there's different alarms. Ones for like city magistrate, then the thunder guard. And, um, sometimes if needed, it's, uh, for the the actual firemen who run the cities, but uh, you hear alarm for the Thunderguard and for the actual uh, Emerald Magistrate or their Eureki And you would be in the perfect spot to see if the Eureka actually come out and call the alarm, but no one comes,
2: so do you say his hand on head right now? Can't believe what's going on. But even though he's ran away from it, he doesn't want to miss something important. I mean, he's. Does he know why this magistrate was here to begin with? Is it just because of the underground operations in Ryoko or right? Um
0: you, you weren't specifically in the know of why he was here, but through the
1: network that you do have, um, he was here to replace the Matsu um, Emerald Magistrate that left. Um, they kind of got fed up with the city. And left the post. Hmm.
2: Okay. I mean, this matter is, uh, I mean, somebody, well, I, I guess, did, was Chusei there before actually just seeing the dead body? Like, was he there for the magistrate getting murdered?
1: No, you were there witnessing, basically, the aftermath. So, yeah.
2: All right, so Chisei is going to get far enough to get away from the blue flame, and then Mm -hmm. seeing he's not being pursued, he's going to round his way back so that way, you know, maybe now if nobody's guarding the body or going to the body, you can start checking things out and seeing what exactly transpired. If there's any notes left, uh, any evidence left.
1: So you start looking over the evidence, uh, and you don't have much time to pass it over. But you see now why uh, the Emerald Magistrates Straits and their Eureki didn't answer, because they're all here. Okay. So
2: I'll listen it, in on another conversation, then.
1: Um, well, when I say they're all here, they're all here dead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, the Thunder Guard with Jocho is. Uh, Shishiro Jocho is there. Um, he sounds very tired as he speaks. And um, Mayu. The person who usually handles uh dead bodies for the um Thunder Garden Mastery is looking things over. And there's not much conversation. It's silence. And um most of the time when you're eavesdropping on things like this, there's usually like conversation. People are trying to like make it a a little bit more easy to cope, but with the scene and what you saw, you have a feeling everyone's feeling uneasy about this. And um, after a half hour of trying to look over the scene in uh, Lantern Light, Meiyu turns around to uh, Shishiro Josho and says, I'm not sure how this occurred. I'm sorry, Shishiro-san, but they were all strangulated out here and something clearly sprayed acid or some former corrosive on their face. Um, And, as for the Emerald Magistrate, he's burnt alive, but there's no... There's... No sign that anyone forced their way into the palaquin or an ignition source. It just seems like he, uh, he, and he kind of stops and takes a gulp. And, um, Jocho, You can hear his uh, heavy riding boots go across the um, ground of the parking lot, and he looks in. And there's a few more moments of silence. And Jocho uh, looks around one last time. All of the Yurikis and the Emerald Magistrate in one place. This is not good.
0: (music) Gates of Orchid and Iris will return in a moment.
3: Welcome to Cultural Explorations. During this gameplay break, let us explore Asian culture. Today we will talk about how Chinese tea traveled from China to other countries. In 593 of the Sui dynasty, Buddhist monks introduced tea to Japan. However, the planting of tea trees in Japan didn't occur until 1192. Tea was introduced to Korea in the mid 600s of the Tang dynasty by monks. Korea began producing their own tea after 828. In 641, a princess sent to Tibet for marriage introduced the custom of tea drinking, which became popular in Tibet from the 700s onwards. During Southern Song Dynasty from the 1120s to the 1270s, San Marco Polo write about tea from his travels in China. China also began trading with Arabia, Italy, and several African countries. The Ming Dynasty of the 1360s to 1640s saw tea travel even further. Tea planting was done in Indonesia, and in 1610 the East India Company introduced green tea to Europe. In 1637, China began trading with more countries such as Britain, France, and Spain. During the Qing dynasty, which went from 1644 until 1911, so trade caravans to Russia began in 1735, bringing tea-drinking there as well as India, starting toward producing tea in the late 1700s. Today, China is the top producer of tea, followed by India and Kenya. In terms of consumption, China still ranks the highest with 1.6 billion pounds a year. However, if you look at consumption per person, this changes. In terms of kilograms per person drank, Turkey leads the group, with the UK and Iran rounding out the top three. Thank you for listening. Want to learn more about this and other topics? Visit our Patreon page for longer cultural explorations. And now, back to the story.
1: they start to do the usual thing. Uh, start moving all the bodies. Because, you know, no one wants to come upon the scene. Uh, so, you're just in earshot, right?
2: Yeah, basically. What I'm imagining is, uh, I was already dressed up as just somebody who's a casual um, client, so to say, of Earshot mm-hmm. Island. Uh, hair is disheveled and wearing you know, regular uh commoner garb, even if it is gray and kind of blends in with the snow a little bit. But or just it's just not standing out is really the important thing. So I, I think mm-hmm. uh Shusei wouldn't be trying to hide himself necessarily so he can still try to peek around um uh, peek around the buildings that they're in. I guess you said they're like a parking lot?
1: Yeah. Um it's kind of um this parking lot has, um, like, barriers between
0: each spots, So, you know, clients can privately go to the ferries without, like, many people, uh, you know, gawking at
1: them. So this was kind of, like, in its own little parking area.
2: Yeah, okay. So is going to sit nearby. He's going to have his head forward, his hair is draping over his face, basically as he was listening in, uh, he's going to mm-hmm. try looking over without making it too obvious. But as he was hearing them, I mean, there was chills going up his spine. Um, acid. That's, ins- that's insanity, you know, uh, mm-hmm. entire uh, squads of the, the Yoriki and, and magistrates forces. That's unbelievable. And uh, she's, I has never heard anything described like that, except for in fairy tales and fiction. And even not to that grueling extent. Uh, that's horrific.
1: Actually, before we continue any further, um, since you are trying to like not be noticed and not like make too much of, uh, you know,
0: you're trying to be um, conspicuous.
2: Yeah, I do want you coming over asking me questions, basically.
1: <laughs> um, that sounds like. A role that will have to be done. Uh, let's do. Sounds like an air.
0: And probably something like per- performance. Skull Duggery?
1: Skull Dagger oh, works oh, as oh, well. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, either. Uh, either would probably fit the scene. Uh, TN would probably be against the high li- highest vil- vigilance.
2: If it helps, I have keen hearing, so maybe I can, you know, start to hear if their footsteps approach and get out of there. Make
0: sure, I will yeah. give you. I will give you that because um,
2: you're gonna need it. Okay. <laughs> you're,
0: you're, yeah, you're
1: gonna need it because I, yeah, it's gonna be a four either way. All right, four. Cool. Yep, the team is four.
2: I'll, I'll take this gold degree since you're going let me use it. Uh, that's my higher skill. <laughs> right, <let's>
1: <laughs> I'm also going to use a void point, too. Get good idea. Jeez, I didn't
2: need it. All right, let's see.
1: <laughs> and uh, remember, your keep is up by one. So uh, when you use a void point, and you, uh, did you get the extra black die from your Void? Uh, yeah, sure did. Okay, cool. And I'm re-rolling for my Distinction right now. Cool. You got a very solid roll with everything with successes on it, so... And it looks like uh, if you want to take more strife, <laughs> you, you can start rerolling more. So.
2: Woohoo! Man, this is, this is good. All right. Well, that is an ultra success. I was really hoping for some opportunities. But uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. So six successes, but I got three strife, which is uh, it's not half of my composure, but it's a lot. And I would say that's because he's just so nerve-wracked that uh, he's like, please don't come over here and ask me questions, please. I really don't want to, really just want to mind my own business and then investigate on my own time. So you're standing there, you're listening
1: to everything that's going on. And as I said before, uh, it's strange that
0: Not everyone is talking. Usually there's a lot more talking
1: and conversations between whoever's doing the investigation and Mayu. But it, yeah, it's it's not the point this time. Everyone's oddly silent. You can even feel the, um, gosh. You can even feel the, like, air around you. It's cold. It's cold enough to snow, but now it's getting... feels even colder, and almost the atmosphere is weighing down on you.
2: Absolutely. Even though the atmosphere is absolutely cold, my blood's running hot. I'm feeling jumpy.
1: So... It takes a while for them to uh, gather up all the bodies and start hauling them out. Um, You can hear them literally stacking bodies in a cart and uh, taking them away. And um, Jocho finally asks, as he's observing everything, so this was the enrolled magistrate his three Eureki and his servants that hold this palaquin. Mayu makes a grunt confirming it and um You can almost feel the emotion come from Jocho of just disbelief. He just lets out a sigh. And um, it's almost like the steam from his mouth just swirls and stays at the scene. Uh, It seems like all the breath of everyone is not helping the lighten the atmosphere <laughs> and finally the the question happens. Did did the Yojimbo or Yuriki have time to draw their swords? May pauses and thinks. No. No. No none of the swords were drawn.
2: Yeah, uh Koma's guts drop. Like the pit of his stomach just he feels it. That's not good. This thing is fast, whatever it is.
1: As you think back to this scene again you clearly clearly remember three black figures that seem to jump from the ground and hop over the fences. So, fences, we're talking about several feet in the air? Several feet in the air.
2: Yeah, that's uh, definitely supernatural. Um, Chusa doesn't even know what to think of it again, these, anything supernatural that's ever been told to them has been through some kind of fairy tale with a moral to the story, but now you have all these people dead who are just doing their job. What's the moral to that story, right? Mm-hmm. This is real.
1: And as you uh, stand there and listen, uh, you see a pair of eyes flash at you in the dark from on top of one of the fences.
0: Thank you for listening to Gates of Orchid and Iris. Remember to... Share, comment, and rate us where you can. If you're listening on YouTube, subscribe, like, and hit that bell notification button. Support this podcast by either going to our Anchor.fm page and hitting the listener support button, or supporting us through Patreon. On Patreon, the $1 level not only will help improve this podcast, but you will receive an extended version of the cultural exploration segments monthly.
1: And we have a lot of other fun things planned for Patreon.